0: Well, good morning. This is really a cool section. and uh, uh, Yeah, I did. I listened to Ron Merriman, and he it's one of the amazing times. You know, he doesn't admit to many not knowing much about, I won't say anything, but he said, you know these verses in the King James? I struggled for years. It just is so hard. You read those, and well, what did it say? And, he you know, it is amazing. So I think uh, with actually more translations, it helps. And there's a couple of connectives that actually, uh, in, in preparing for it, I found another connective that really helps. Hopefully the connectives, plus I've, I've gone to my bubble charts. Hopefully those are helpful. They're trying to do the A versus B. You know, Adam versus Christ. Okay, so this is I'm calling this section. We're going to finish out 18 through 21. What I found was, at first I thought, wow, there's going to be a lot of new information in 18 through 21. Well, there's actually not. There's There are... There are clarifications, there's amplifications, but it's the same basic information about Adam's transgression and Christ giving him his life on the cross and the, and the effect of both those two wonderful acts. Okay, so I created this definition slide last week and I've kind of added a few more things to it this week just to kind of clarify. Hopefully the definitions help too. Alright, so the first definition is free gift. Uh, and to my understanding, I would say the free gift, and there's some, uh, not controversy, but some difference of opinion, the free gift in this context is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. The transgression, and it's, we're going to see that almost every verse has the word transgression in it. The transgression is Adam's disobedience in the garden, Adam and Eve's disobedience in the garden, as we see in chapter 3 of Genesis. Uh, the one with the, with the lowercase one, it refers to Adam. The many is just one of these words, and I mentioned last week before, it's used in Isaiah other places. So they'll use many for all sometimes. And it kind of hurts your head a little bit. The many can refer to all mankind in some verses we'll talk about. It can refer to all believers in another verse, or another part of the verse. Uh, the one with a capital one, the capital O, refers to the Lord Jesus. Uh, the, sin na- the sin with a definite article refers to the sin nature the, and I, I would say that another way to say that is the fa- Adam's fallen nature which everyone we all have that <laughs> uh, whatever you want to call it. So actually I was talking with Mike a little bit so here's something from Miles. I don't know if Mike saw this but I, I kind of found this uh, here's a quote from Miles. He says it is more accurate and I, I think I agree with him it's more accurate to think in the terms of lives Rather than nature's, the believer is indwelt by two lies, that of the first Adam, and that of the second Adam, Christ. Each life manifests its essential character in its nature. So, just kind of a. you know, if you think about, it, we have the very life of the Lord Jesus Christ, but we call it many times we call it the new nature. We'll call it that. Uh, we'll call our our Adamic nature. We'll call it the sin nature. So. It's, all these words help us to understand what God's trying to tell us. So that's kind of the bottom line with all this. Okay, so let's go on. So this is going to be a review from last week. So I'm going to continue to use my my uh, bubble uh, declaration here or chart. So the the first part of this is the first the first phrase there. It says, "But the free gift." is not like the transgression. So that's the first statement that Paul makes in verse 15. The, f- the free gift is not like the transgression. so he's going to contrast the free gift, eternal life with Adam's transgression. So on Adam's side, I colored it in blue,' it's not you know I have blue green, even even the color thing try to ho- help you out here. for if or since by the transgression of the one Adam, the many died. In this case the many died. We all, we all, in a sense, died in Adam. We all have the effects of Adam. He's our federal head. We all are subject. The many died. But much more, and this is one of these connectives. There are three connectives that I found in studying these passages. There's the much more, which is basically this over-the-top uh, picture of God's grace. Then there's an even so. We'll see that a little bit later in later verses. Even so, it's more like Here's Adam's action. Then here's Christ's action. And Christ's action offset Adam's action. But it's not quite the much more. And I, the Lord knows why he used even so and much. It, to my mind, it seems like they're all over the top. But they're the much more's and the even so's. And there's a third category. It's like the on the one hand versus on the other hand. So those are all the connectives in these verses that connect And the whole reason, why am I worried about connectives? The whole reason is I want to compare Adam's actions, what he did, with Christ's actions. That's my whole desire to do that. Okay, so we talked about Adam's actions, that many died. In contrast to that, uh, did the grace of God and the gift by the grace of God, uh, the one man, Jesus Christ, abounds to the many. So we have this contrast of the transgressions versus God's grace, of the one man Adam and the one man Christ, and then we have the many died, and the, uh, the actions of Christ on the cross abounds to the many, and the many are there, are there all those who put their faith and trust in Christ. Even though, if you look in, you know, 1 John 2-1, He is a propitiation for our sins, for our sins only, He, He's provided for salvation for every single person on the planet, but only the many, only, only some will accept that. And that His grace abounds to them. So that's, that's verse 15. And I'm not going to do the, the deep dive on that. So let's go to 16. Similar thing. The gift, again, eternal life in Christ Jesus, is not like, very similar, 15, is not like what? That which came through the one who sinned. So He puts, he puts uh, the gift first. He puts uh, Christ's action first, then he puts uh, Adam's action. But then, in the, but then he follows that, he puts act, Adam's action. So you can say, you know, that's why it gets confusing when you're reading it. On the one hand, and this is cool, the cool thing in the, in the original, you have the men death. It's on this hand versus the other hand. So he says, on Adam's hand, on the one hand, judgment arose from one transgression resulting in justification. It took just one transgression. Adam disobeyed God, God told him, uh, gave him a command not to eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, and he did. Uh, he, and, he and Eve did. So that, that was the transgression, that one transgression, but in, on the other hand, or yeah, on the other hand, the free gift arose from many transgression resulting in justification. And this is this marvelous one that Bonnie and I kind of looked at one day and said, wow, this is just neat. One transgression by Adam, but God handles all of man's transgressions. Think about that. He paid for the sins of the entire world, but many transgressions led to the justification of man. So again, the, the transgressions between Adam's actions and Christ's actions. And he doesn't use a connective here much more, he just has on the one hand and the other. Okay, verse 17. Same kind of, in this case, he doesn't have a, he doesn't have a general statement, he just divides it. He divides it with a much more here. On Adam's side, <clears throat> for if or since, by the transgressions of the one Adam, death reigned through the one Adam. So that this idea of, of death reigning comes into the picture. Death reigned, and we're gonna talk about that more as we, there'll be some verses we'll talk about more today on that. Death reigning, death reigned as a result of of the sin nature. We're going to see that. And on the other side, much but much more, overabounding more, those who receive, and notice, we have to receive it, right? Those who receive, it's not just anyone, it's those who receive it. They receive the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness will reign in life on their own, by their own nickel, so to speak. No. As so many verses, through, through the one Jesus Christ reign through our Savior through the Lord Jesus Christ. So, the comparison again, you got the, the transgression versus the abundance of grace. You got the one Adam, the one Christ. You got the death reigning. And you got the believer. If you look carefully, it's those who receive are the ones who are reigning. They're reigning in life through Jesus Christ. So, just marvelous comparisons. Okay, so now what we're going to see as we move into the remainder of the verses, we're going to see these points kind of amplified and additional things added. So here are the connectives. Here are the remaining verses we're going to talk about today. So I'll, let me just read through these again. And, and notice I put the connectives in um, in blue. And it's the even so. So he's kind of moved away from the much mores <laughs> to the even so's. And actually Macaulay, I, I didn't see this at first. and I was listening to Macaulay and he says, we got the much more and the even so's. And I'm saying, what? I started looking. Oh, look at that. There's some even so's in there. What are those all about? Well, they, what they do is they they connect they they allowed to chop the verse up, put it put Adam on the right and christ on i mean Adam on the left and Christ on the right I mean hallelujah, wonderful <laughs> I love connectives okay so so then, as through the one transgression, there resulted condemnation to all men, even so through one act of righteousness, there resulted justification of life to all men Then nineteen <clears throat> For as through the one man's disobedience, the many were made sinners. Notice the many in here again. Even so, through the obedience of the one, Christ, capital one, the many were made righteous. What well, we're going to learn, that word disobedience and obedience, going to, it's going to help us to get a clearer view of what happened in chapter 3 in the garden. Is That word disobedience is a cool word, and we're going to look at that in detail. And then we come down to what uh, Jim pointed out, really cool verses. Actually, 20 and 21 are one sentence, if you notice. It says, The law came in so that the transgression would increase, but where sin increased, grace abounded all the more. And you know what's interesting is, that was God's will for the law to to be a uh, igniter, if you will. It, it ignited It made the problem worse. You say, that sounds straight. Why would God do that? Well, He wanted them to get busy <laughs> and, and look to him. Anyway, that's my my thought. Okay, so that, with the purpose of that, 21, as sin reigned in death, here's a connective, even so, grace would reign through righteousness to eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Okay, so I'm going to use the same approach here. Okay, we start with Adam's actions on the left again in blue. So then, as through... Uh, one, Adam's transgressions. Almost every verse, you know, we, we talk of Adam's transgressions, Adam's transgressions, Adam's transgressions, and we come back on Christ, and it's to be Christ, Christ's life, Christ's death, or whatever it is. So through one transgression, they're resulting in condemnation to all men. That's on the Adam's side. Let me just look here. And if you notice, if you were to, if you were, if you had verse 16 up, and if I could overlay it somehow, I would do better graphics. 16 and 18 are very similar. Very similar in what they say. But this, this time he uses an even so. It means that basically it's sort of a, a matching or a, a, a complementary thing. Christ did something that was complementary or overcame what Adam did. So here's what Christ did. Through, through one act of Christ, a righteousness that resulted in justification of life so his one act his death on the cross resulted result in justification man being, being declared righteous based upon their faith so we have the condemnation versus the justification one one awful transgression one marvelous uh, act of righteousness you, you know if you think these are just beautiful comparisons just beautiful okay so we go on now so now we're going to take the, a little bit deeper dive here so let's look at the first part So then, or consequently, so this verse, you know, uh, it's kind of a summary of some of the the previous verses I mentioned. It also actually, I had not noticed this, but uh, constable claims, and I didn't actually really spend a lot of time on this, but if you read verse 12, and then you skip over and skip down to verse 18, it seems like the verses in between are a parenthesis, and I didn't really spend a lot of time on that. That's a homework assignment. You guys can look at that and see what you think. And, you know, it's, it, it you know, hopefully that, that, that's helpful in understanding. Okay. As through, or dia, one transgression, again, it's Adam's disobedience, there resulted or resulting in the condemnation of, of all men, mankind, and condemnation here is a word, uh, a decision against, uh, condemn, condemnatory, uh, judgment, and so on the, even so, so uh, the definition that I like of even so is that it introduces the corresponding work of Christ. even so, through one act of righteousness, again, it's Jesus' one act of righteousness, they resulted or resulting in justification of life to all men and the all men here, you have to put your faith and trust in Christ to be justified. Uh, and so this is Weiss translation. To all men, believers, there resulted in a righteousness, a righteous standing that had to do with life. And it brought to mind this verse uh, we studied earlier in Romans 5.24, uh, 4, 4.25. He who was delivered over because of our transgression and was raised because of our justification. His resurrection guaranteed our justification. Okay, so that's 18. Now we go to 19. So we'll go back to the, the picture chart first. On the, on the blue side, on Adam's side, very, you know, the words are very similar. You know, if you could overlay all these, you'd see, boy, I thought maybe you could stack them up, you know, all these verses with the A and the B. You, you could spot even more similarities, but whatever. For as through one man's, Adam's disobedience, the many were made sinners. Even so, through the, through the obedience of the one, Christ, the many were made righteous. So you, and I, I did this intentionally. I tried to line up where the similarities. So you got through and you got... Uh, actually, obedience, uh, disobedience obedience occurs in a different part of the, the sentence. So you got the disobedience and then the obedience of Christ. Then you got the many in both cases. In one case, they were made sinners. In one case, they were made righteous but the but the the cool thing about this verse we're going to see just in a minute here about the the definition of disobedience and obedience okay okay so now we're this is a deep dive into the verse <clears throat> for it's through the one man's disobedience again this is adams uh disobedience in the garden and so here's a word and this is what I was I was telling Jim about this so this, this has got me all excited so I, i'm not sure i can pronounce the word but Anyway, it's the idea to hear amiss. Disobedience is the idea to hear amiss. And it signifies a refusal to hear. So um, Weiss kind of talked about this. He quoted Trench. And Trench says it's, the, it's a notion of uh, active disobedience which, which flows on inattentive or careless hearing. Inattentive or careless hearing. And then actually there's some verses that, that were quoted, that Weiss quoted and one of these is interesting. It's in uh, Jeremiah. And this is the problem. If you think about if you read through the Old Testament, you're going to see what was one of the major problems that God was complaining about Israel. What were they not doing? They were not listening to his word. And that's what this verse says. They have turned back to the iniquities of their ancestors who refused to hear my words. So this is this word to refuse to hear. And then if you look at Acts, I got to be thinking, and in Acts he quotes that too. He says, and this is the account of Stephen, and it's interesting, You read, I have it here in my, I didn't put it up on the chart, but um, you know, when Stephen, uh, when they dragged Stephen out, he was speaking about the Lord Jesus, and he, and he had this one thing he, he said to the crowd that just got them just infuriated. And so Stephen said in um, of uh, Acts he says behold I see the heavens opened up and the son of man standing on the right hand of God so when he said that he's basically saying that this man Christ called himself the, the, the son of the son of man this man right here is in the heavens with God the Father when they said that they said you can't say that that's blasphemy so what did they do and here's what they did they cried out with a loud voice and they covered their ears. Whoa! Is, isn't that a picture? That's a picture. God, God's Word goes out, and Stephen, Stephen was speaking God's Word, if you will. He was speaking God's Word, and what, what does man do? He covers his ear, because it's not what he wants to hear. And that's, and that's, the, that's the issue. So I went back and I thought, wow, did I have the wrong view of The garden, the disobedience in the garden. I thought that was like a soft disobedience. That's my terminology. Bonnie kind of turned her nose up at that a little bit and said, soft disobedience, Roger? What's, isn't disobedience disobedience? But I kind of have a, you know, a tender heart for Adam and Eve. I don't know. (laughs) We're we're all, they're our relatives, right? (laughs) We'll see them. (laughs) So anyway, but this kind of guy, wow, a refusal to hear. You know, God spoke to them and said, don't, don't do that, something, and they, they justified it. And you can say, they were innocent, yes, and there's, you know, you can, they have some things that, may, uh, extenuating circumstances, but they still, they disobeyed God, so that was interesting. So that's one of the, the cool things about this verse, it amplifies the description in uh, Genesis chapter 3. And as a result of that, the many, mankind, were made sinners. So that one disobedience made all the difference in the world it did make all the difference in the world. Um, we're made, we're constituted. And then, you know, this connects back up with the last the last statement in uh, 12, 12D. The last statement there is this, Inasmuch as all mankind sinned in Adam when he sinned. That's kind of the expanded translation of that that last part. Inasmuch as all mankind sinned in Adam when he sinned. As Mike pointed out in his message he gave a couple of weeks ago, it's so important to understand that we... That we send in Adam. We we didn't, it's not because we, we sin today, yes, but we send in Adam our federal head. We, you know, so that's, that's very important to, to realize. Okay. And then, even, then here's even so. So now on the corresponding side from Christ, through the obedience of the one Christ, and obedience here, it's the flip side, if you will. In fact, it's the same core word, if you will, with a, with a preposition on the front is to listen under. And we talk about, the, this is one of our favorite words here at Holly Hill, is to listen under. We talk about obedience. You know, obedience comes across, and maybe it's just our culture, I know, whatever, or our upbringing. Obedience, you know, we gotta got obey, 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 obey. But to listen under, boy, that, that's a different mindset. I think that's just, and it's beautiful, to listen under. And that's what we're today at. To do. The idea is that a willing listening to authority, and Thayer has it obedience, uh, um, compliance, submission, is some, some uh, um, synonyms. And then I, I like this, and we said this way back, I don't know how long ago it was, a year ago maybe, Romans 1 5b, bringing about the obedience of faith among all the Gentiles uh, for his name's sake. So here obedience is connected up with faith. So what's, 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 an, what's the obedience of faith? Is it, I'm going to have faith, I'm going to have faith? No. It's listening under. It's listening to God's word, um, acting on God's word, believing God's word. Obedience of faith is a wonderful thing. And that's what, that's what Christ demonstrated. He had demonstrated the obedience of faith. Uh, <clears throat> the many believers, so the result of his wonderful uh, obedience, going to the cross, the many believers were made righteous. And then uh, the last part of this verse uh, in 2 Corinthians 5.21 so that he might become the righteousness of God in him because of Christ's actions. Okay. Alright. So now, verse 20. Okay, I'm going to switch away from the bubbles for this, this verse here. Okay. So now we have this... 20 and 21 is one sentence. It kind of expands uh, some of the previous verses. Okay, so the law, in this case, uh, the, I struggle a little bit with this, uh, the law, the, the, they capitalize law, but there's no definite article, but people kind of treat it in their commentaries as, as being the Mosaic Law, and the more I looked at it, the more I studied it, I said, well, I guess you can make a case for that, even though it doesn't have the definite article, so I'm not uh, enough knowledgeable to, uh, to speak much beyond that about the, <laughs> making that the, uh, uh, Mosaic Law, but it does, it does fit with the context came in, so the law came in, it, uh, came in alongside. So the picture here is that the, the, the um, let, me, let me go to the next part. So the, the law is coming in alongside so it enters alongside it's entering alongside the sin nature, because when Adam fell, uh, the, the sin nature was, was propagated, if you will. And so now the law when the law was introduced, it came alongside the sin nature. and did it, what did it do to the sin nature? And that's the key thing. It, it did something to the sin nature, and that's a, that's the whole point here. With a purpose that that the transgressions would increase. So the law, rather than uh, putting uh, getting man into shape, so to speak, well, look at, the, look at these guys into shape. You know, God gave the law; you'll know, get Israel into shape. Well, no, it made things worse. It's like gasoline, on, you know, on a fire. It made things worse. The, tra- uh, the transgression, that Adam's disobedience. Um, it's to bound even more, so it, to increase is to bound even more, and it's, it's tense, so it's a point in time. So that's what makes me kind of think where the, the mosaic law would be a good candidate here. But when sin increased, but where sin increased, so sin increased. So so how had um, so the coming alongside the law reveals and highlights the sin nature. It it shows it for what it is. When there's a law, it says you transgress the law, and it highlights that you have a, your sin nature even more. And it says and then in First Corinthians fifteen fifty six b, it says the power of sin is the law. So so what what did God? So when the law came in and the transgressions increased, what did God? What was God's reaction? Was he caught unaware? No, he he under he knew that. And His grace is sufficient for that. But grace abounded more. And this is one of these topping superlatives on superlatives on superlatives. This is hyper. It's not just abounding or superabounding. It's it's beyond that. One on top of that. Abounding more exceedingly. And uh, we translate superabounding with more added to that. (laughs) I superabound and I add some more on top. So it just... Only God can do things like that. Superabound and I add more on top of that. Pretty amazing. So you can't, as been said, you cannot outsend God. Of course, that's going to lead to a problem. We'll get to Romans 6.1. And the first thing Paul does, what does he do? He has to answer that question. Well, I've heard some people out there saying, I can sin all I want. No, time out. You got the wrong, you got the wrong message. (laughs) So his superabounding grace confused people apparently. Okay. So, and then, I, This is really cool. Constable had this really cool statement, kind of comparing this Adam and Christ here, their acts. And he says here, <clears throat> about this verse, that the significance of, of Adam's act and Christ's act, the law showed the significance of sin even more clearly. So if when you had a law, then you knew when you sinned, absolutely, there was no question about it. With no law, you say, well, there's no law, is that a sin or not? I don't know. With the law there, it is a sin. It made sin more clear and also Christ's provisions were even more amplified. The significance of his grace were seen even more clearly. Okay, to twenty one. So we have a, a so that, so that, or with a purpose that. So this is this is Paul's kind of closing discussion here. He restates the idea of sin reigning in death and death reigning in life for every believer. So, the sin reigned in death. Reign here is the basileo. We've talked, covered this last week about the reign as a king. So, the picture here is that, that sin is reign. The sin nature is reigning as a king. Um, and it's an event. So, Hal has here, that when the sin nature reigns, the result is spiritual death. And that got me thinking, you know, we, we talk about what is death? Since death is separation... We are separated from God spiritually while the sin nature reigns. And it reigns in, in every unbeliever. The sin nature reigns. So it takes an act of God, uh, putting your faith and trust in Christ, to change that. The sin nature is reigning in every unbeliever. Okay. And then we have a, even so. Here comes the comparison. Introduces the work of Christ. Grace would reign... Through righteousness. So now we had sin reigning and now we have righteousness reigning. Grace is supplied, this is We uh, his transit, grace is supplied in super abundance in order that it might reign as king through righteousness. Resulting in, or two, openings in eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Okay, to wrap up this section, I got three... Um, Summary, so to speak. Three kind of ways to look at, it. you say, well, okay, we looked at this section, it's, it's hard to understand, but are there some key words, are there some key ideas that you want to carry away? So here's my, well, I got one from, um, uh, from, uh, Chafer, which is, I have right here. Then I have one that I kind of got from Macaulay that I kind of did, and I have one from Hal. So here's the first one. Okay, so this is, this is a quote from, uh, Chafer which he quoted from somebody else. (laughs) So, okay, let let me read it and I'll give you a picture. The picture by this guy named Besser, who was a theologian back in the 1800s. We have sin, we have sin, death, grace, righteousness, life. You have those five words across here. And, And they stand thus, he says, grace rises the highest, it's the highest. On the left, we have the two, I would say the two conquered giants, sin and death. There on my left, on the right of grace you have the, the prize. you have the he calls it the um, the double prize of victory, righteousness and life. And at the right he has over the name of Adam the glorious name of Jesus Christ blooms. Maybe a little bit you know it's, it's let me read it again, maybe a bit much here, but so it's kind of a picture of, of the five important words we've seen and how grace, is, is superabounding over all and grace takes care of, the, of sin and death that's, that's what all man worries about sin and death Or that's it that's what all of life that some people are but grace overcomes that marvelously uh, anyway so I'll just read it again <clears throat> so the picture drawn by Besser is sin, death, grace, and righteousness sin, death, grace, righteousness, life these five stand thus Grace rises the highest in the middle. The two conquering giants, sin and death, at the left. The double prize of victory, righteousness and life at the right. And over the buried name of Adam, the glory of the name of Jesus Christ blooms. Interesting. Okay. Alright, so here's my... Uh, so listen to Macaulay a little bit. He talks about there there are five... Five kings reigning, four, uh, four kings reigning in uh, in these verses. Okay, so here's my picture of this. The first king that's reigning is the sin nature is reigning. Adam's nature is reigning, right? That's we saw that in early verses. Sin, the sin nature is reigning. Well, that just doesn't stand by itself. Based upon that sin nature reigning, death now reigns. You cannot escape death. Death or separation from God. Death reigns, either spi- both spiritual. And physical death reigns. You cannot escape death. But on the good side, God's grace reigns. And that has a wonderful output. The believer reigns through Jesus Christ. All right. And then the final one here. Here's a <clears throat> here's a chart from Hal. I actually, Sue typed this up back in uh, 1994. <laughs> so I, t- I cut and pasted your t- typing from the Word document to PowerPoint. It was... Torturous. <laughs> anyway, but it was good. It was worth it. Okay, so we have, once again, this is you know it's all about comparisons, right? This whole section is about comparing Adam and Christ. So, how, and how's intent here was, he wanted to show you that you know on the right hand side we've been, we've been extolling all the wonderful things of Christ, and we we own all those, we possess all those. That's who we are, and that's the foundation of the identification truth. Our identification with Christ are rooted in all these so, so he took this comparison between Adam and Christ and said look at what's happening in Christ that's that's the beginning of the discussion of the dedication truths ok the first <clears throat> and you're, you're going to recognize all these we've just talked about all these already his one offense and disobedience that's Adam's and Christ's one righteous act and obedience result and here are the results Death, spiritual death, reigns through Adam upon all men. And then on, on uh, Christ's side, the believer reigns through Christ, the one receiving grace and righteousness. Condemnation uh, against past sentences upon the penalty of death. And then on no condemnation on the believer's side, the free gift. Uh, righteousness under justification. Christ's life in us. So you begin to see on this other side here, we, we have, uh, uh, you know, we're reigning with Christ. We have this, we, there's no condemnation. We have, we, have, oh, we have all these wonderful assets. <clears throat> on Adam's side, many were made sinner. On Christ's side, many made righteous. The law reveals and highlights, once again, the law spotlights sin. And this one I didn't quite get. God's grace equals the believer's walk. I was a little confused about that. But then we have the sin nature superabounds, but God is that doesn't stop God. God's grace exceedingly superabounds <laughs> in the forgiveness. We can't out sin God's grace. And then lastly, where the sin nature reigns, the result is spiritual death. Where grace reigns through righteousness, the result is eternal life. Christ's life living in us. Alright. So let's close. We thank you, Father. We thank you so much, Lord, for your marvelous grace. We thank you for our time. Uh, we spent in your word. Uh, thank you for uh, your marvelous grace. In Christ's name, amen.